Hi everyone, you're now listening to episode 89 of the Talking to the Podcast, hosted by me, Tabriz. And me, Faisal. Welcome back everyone, another week, another episode, episode 89, episode 90, fast approaching. It is, it is. Come here. How are you, Faisal? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? Very, very well. Coming back off, we're coming off the back of a big win, a big W for the Blue Boys, which we will get onto Mm. a little bit later on in the episode, but... It seems very rare, doesn't it, that we get to do a podcast after a win. So we're coming oh, back yeah, in recent two, days. Jeez. Yeah. So big energy. This should be a good one. Before we get into it, let's get the shameless plugs out of the way. You can find us on Instagram at the Tilton Two, Twitter, Facebook at the Tilton Two, YouTube the Tilton Two. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Just put up a new match review from yesterday's game. Check it out. Exactly, a little car review. Yeah. Vroom, vroom. Uh, and check out our website, www.thetilton2.com, yeah. where, excitingly, you can also find our caps. Make BCFC great again. Exactly. Get them while you can. They're exclusively available on thetilton2.com. Grab yours now. Right. Let's get straight into it then, Faze. Well, first of all, what have you been doing this week, mate? I know it's a tough question recently because, again, avid listeners will know. We're hibernating. We're hibernating. We're in avid we on arc. We're on the uh, fitness train. Yeah. And diet plan's still been going ahead. Yeah. I'm still withering away. You're still bulking up. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm desperately, well, desperately insecure about making gains. Keep asking you, how do I look? How do I look? I know. Oosh, and and you're so worried about getting and, some fat uh, on the old you belly. Keep, you keep telling me, mate. Basically, to get back in my box. I'm just desperate for some validation, man. I know. Just I give know. me Just something. bulk up. Just bulk up. I mean, excitingly, trying, and also annoyingly for me this week, and la- was it last week as well? Yep. Two cheat meals you Two were allowed. Two cheat meals, man. I'll tell you what, Domino's pizza doesn't taste the best when you're the only one eating it. I know, you I'm eating literally bounce off, chicken I mean? and rice in front of you, and you're eating a Domino's, like, absolute joke. The funnier thing was the first day you were offered a cheat meal and you went for a protein smoothie. Yeah, that with, is the biggest joke. That Not is the biggest joke. I mean, if anything, that was less calories than your meal was meant to be anyway. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Opposite of a cheat meal, mate. No, Opposite well, I've, I've since learned. I've had a Mackey's, I've had a Domino's. Fish and chips, you had yesterday. Yes, I had fish and chips. I mean, that was a real torture, that was. Yeah, that absolutely ripped me off, you know. Like, I couldn't even eat after that. Yeah, I mean, that brings us on to, really, the only thing we've properly done this week, Go other on. than, obviously, our diet plan, was the Anthony Joshua fight. Yeah. We tuned in for that. I'm sure a lot of you did as well. You were dying during the fight because of that fish and chips. Mate, I don't know what so happened to bad. you. I think it's because my diet has been so clean. If I have any kind of fat or grease, my body doesn't know what to do with it. I think it was because it tasted so good. <laughs> I know, I ate it like You ate minute. it, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, my body just like rejected everything and I just went into shutdown mode. There's a couple yeah. of rounds in that fight, I would admit. I fell asleep. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was a snooze fest anyway. Let what, us know. What do we think about Anthony Joshua, man? Let us know what you lot think, anyone listening. But, I mean, personally, it was so uneventful. It was like watching the Blues, wasn't it? I mean, I, I had a bet on, and I'm sure a lot of people did, that there'd be a knockdown in the first six rounds. I mean, I was expecting the fight to be done in the I first six rounds. Yeah. Obviously, all the talk leading up to it, he had to make a statement, whatever. But 
alas, it went to points. Well, I said to you, didn't I? I know. I said to you before, I reckon it's going to go to points and you should put the bet Based on, on nothing. What? Grounded on nothing. Okay, but he also <laughs> went 12 rounds with Dillian White. That was yeah, I know, oh but Dillian White's tougher, surely. Yeah, exactly. Dillian White's tougher and he went all the way, 12 rounds with Dillian White. So if he's gone 12 rounds with Dillian White, he's going to go 12 rounds with Anthony Joshua. No, as in, I, I thought Dillian White was a tougher fight for Joshua, so it makes sense that he went 12 rounds with him. No, let mate, alone Franklin, I'm talking about, went 12 rounds yes, with I Dillian know. White. Yes, I know. I okay, know this. Oh, my God. I'm glad we made that <laughs> clear. So what I'm saying is there's a good chance. And you know me, man. I'm not putting a bet on if I'm just going to get a fiver. No, no, that's back. what I mean. The, good, the odds were great. I want to put the 100 to 1 on. Right? The odds I were great, yeah. yeah. I think it was like 9 to 1 or something for yeah. a decision. Well... This is where the good bit for me anyway comes because once you lost your bet in the first six, I was like, right, I just checked. Odds were still decent. I mean, it shows, yeah. I put 20 quid on for the match to go, I think, in the fifth or the sixth round for it to go to points. 20 quid. Daddy came back with 70. Anthony Joshua, thank you. I know. I mean, I would have taken those odds, to be fair. I mean, it just shows, doesn't it? Even I think it was like sixth, maybe even seventh, he put on the bet. And... For it to still be decent odds, oh, no, they at that didn't point. think it was going to go to points, did they? But even still, yeah. I mean, I said straight away, like first couple of rounds, he looked slow, he looked out of it. He got the win, I guess, but I just expected more. I think he's clearly hesitant as a boxer at the minute. Yeah, I mean, you were saying it, like Eddie Hearn saying that he needs to have a massive show out, yeah. really, and finish him early. So when it went to 12, 12 rounds, man, you must have been thinking, Eddie Hearn must have been thinking, what do I say? Here? I know, but to you know what, this? to be fair, now that I've seen Eddie Hearn's interviews after, I mean, he spun it in as good a way as he can in terms of he's been saying stuff like, it's like, it's like when you watch the Blues, basically, where you're like, oh, you know, if you play a better opposition, he, he's going yeah, he to step up to the mark. Yeah, he rises to it, yeah. So and what, that's kind of that? how you have to play it, I guess. And the mad thing is, is he will. His next he's fight be will a be a big... Yeah, of and course And his next he is. fight will be a big, will be a big fight. So. Numbers talk, simple as. 100%. And obviously, if he did fight Tyson Fury, the numbers will be there, of course. I mean, I'm going to try and get a ticket in the stadium, let alone... Mate, if it's buying the pay Fury, 100%. Yeah, so... I don't know. It's a weird one. I think if you put Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder in that ring last night, I oh, think man, I think Joshua's that. out in the first yeah. six. Yeah, I'm putting rounds one to four. Yeah. He's out. But congrats to Anthony Joshua. Yep. A win. A win is a win. A win is a win. And a big and, payday and is a big payday. I'd be absolutely legless on the floor if I was in that ring. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hats Depleted. off to you, Joshua. Depleted. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. You did well, but expected more we wanted more we definitely wanted more but yeah another quiet week really like yeah. you said we're in hibernation at the minute but we'll be coming out soon I mean will we we will head down give it a couple of weeks alright mate I'm hoping the diet will will start coming to an end in a few weeks and then and I then can start getting me. some energy you can back me on the old bulk yeah don't think that's an easy road, mate. All right, eating 250 grams of mints at one in the morning and letting that digest before you can go to bed. It's not fun, man. It's I'll stick to the fish and chips, mate. <laughs> right. On that note, let's get into Blues News. The last couple of weeks, it's been fairly quiet, hasn't it? Yeah. 
But this week we've got some we've got some news to report on. First things first, financials. This might send a few people to sleep, but it's big, really big news. I mean, is it big news? I think it's something that we all know. Yeah, it's something we all knew. But I did see, you know, there was quite a few interested people on Twitter. I did see a few questions around it. Mm. So let's get into it then. So last Monday, Blues published their financial accounts for the last year, ending June 2022, and recorded £24.8 million in losses. Mm. To put that into context, that's the second biggest deficit during BSHL's reign at Blues. And that's beaten only by the losses reported in the 2017-2018 financial year. And that was £37.5 Another little stat for you, right? Since BSHL have come in or came in to reign at Blues in late 2016, Blues have lost a total of £110 million. And that is despite the sales of our beloved Shay Adams Mm. and Jude Bellingham. Two goats. Two goats, top players. Now, when I heard that first things first, I thought, oh, what does that mean for the takeover? Mm. What does that mean moving forward? What are the repercussions? If there are any repercussions, I mean, football's a game. I mean, if you look at any of the clubs, name one. Not Man United, let's say, huge club. Yeah, that's They true. report losses yeah. year on year. Yeah, right? a lot of clubs are in debt. Yeah, so it's not an unusual thing, you know, football teams, you know, running at losses, right? So the context-wise, yeah, what 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 do you say? I can't really give it much more context. Mm. But my initial thought was, well, is that going to impact the takeover, you know, the deal, the talks, obviously with Jeremy Dale and his consortium in the picture now, but... What we're hearing, to our knowledge, everything we know, to be fair, it shouldn't make any difference, really. Jeremy Dale and his team, we knew weeks back, even maybe a month, over a month now, when the when it broke that Jeremy Dale was interested in in you know in the takeover, started his do di- do bloody hell, mate, do diligence, diligence. Thank you, sir. Um, so would have been fully fully aware of all of this. The losses, the financial records, you know, even the stuff around the breaches, the EFL breaches, I'm sure Jeremy Dale would have known was coming out. So I think it's all steam ahead still. No more news on Jeremy Dale's deal, really. I mean, even, you know, interestingly, even when we spoke to Paul Richardson, you know, he was pretty, I mean, he was vocal around, you know, the losses the club was, you know, was running at. And the financials, and obviously that was a stumbling block in you know Matt's Co's um, dealings. So again, you know, it's obviously fully fully visible to you know to parties trying to take over yeah. the club. So again, I don't think or see, and it hasn't been reported that it's going to be of any impact. And again, these were these were released last week, mm. last Monday now. So Jeremy Dale and his team would have been fully aware of this, and I'm sure if anything was you know any hiccups it would have been reported by now so i think you know no real change there but again it's very very quiet on the takeover front isn't it it is really quiet yeah i mean i find it interesting to get some context around the numbers um yeah i was i knew i knew obviously that we weren't going to be profitable and that stuff especially just given the way the stadium's been 
you know, obviously you can't have all the fans in there. Yeah. That's going to have an impact. COVID and all that stuff has an impact. But a little side note, I also did see that, um, I think it was Al Majir said you can you can see the money that Matsko have put in. Yeah. Eight million around there, seven and a half million. Um, interesting, one, because of the investigations that have gone on that we yeah. already know about. It just provides evidence that clearly there was something going on. Although they were providing for exactly. Yeah. exactly. Which is allowed, by the way. We have Which is allowed, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, just an interesting side note there. I mean, it's, it's hard to know what to make of it, but, yeah, I just... On the front, it doesn't look good, does it? No. That's a big, big number. Operating losses of £24.8 million. Yeah, pounds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, the, the grand scheme of things. I don't know how that compares to other championship clubs. But hearing that number, it's a big number. It is a big old number, yeah. But then when you think about the losses, the BSHL, mm. you know, what we've seen while BSHL have been in, 110 million. Oh, no. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And then... I think another another point for me is, you know, we're seeing clubs in the championship being breach of, you know, the financial fair play rules, point deductions, obviously with the breaches that we're already being investigated in at the minute and potential point deductions. Man, we can't, we have to stay well clear of any fair financial oh, fair yeah. play, you know, breaches. But what is good is at the end of this season, we've got a lot or a few of the big, big earners, their contracts coming up regardless we're going to see turnover of players in the summer 100 percent, we've got all the loanees that are, you know whether we take them or we can yeah. secure a deal or they go players coming to the end of their contracts you know one of them we're going to talk about in a little bit mr troy Deeney. we know that there's a new contract on the table for him but again we'll talk about that in a minute yeah but you know it's a chance to get some of the big earners off the books and yeah, bring in fresh blood and just level up the books again. You know, I think that's going to be well, it is, it's going to be massive. And then we've also got Mr. Jude Bellingham again. Is he going to move in the summer? I mean, all roads look like he's he's gonna move, and the the figure that's banded around for him that Dorman are, are going to be looking for is about an, around 130 million pounds, mm. and again. In different media sources, you'll see different figures. You know what blues, what what blues is deal is, but again, even if we go for the conservative figure that we see, you know, in the media, five percent, one hundred thirty mil transfer fee, five percent will give us six point five million. Yeah, which again is nothing to back your eye out. I we mean, even even a low figure for that. Jude, really, I'd expect the lowest figure you're going to see him go for is about hundred mil. Yeah, I mean, and I even think then, 30 is very, very likely. Even then, if at 100 more. mil, we're getting 5 mil. Yeah. You know, it's big money, really. Yeah, exactly. Have we got any players in that squad that are worth no, 5 no, mil? No, exactly. Seriously? Exactly. I think you'd be pushing it. I don't think there is one. No, I don't think there I think is one. Yeah, some people might say George Hall potentially yeah. could fetch. I mean, I'd be fees. so happy to get five Man, mil I'd be, for George I'd be Hall. For five mil for George Hall, a player who's only really broken yeah, in this season. Yeah, just broken through. But yeah, you know there are. Either way, and we keep keep saying it this season and this summer is going to be pivotal, not only with the low knees, but also you know big contracts coming up. It's a time genuinely to. You know, have a have a have a spring clean, really, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Especially with the players that we have bought in recently, Bakuna, Chongi, all yeah. them. We need to build around them. Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah, watch this space. All right, next, the zone. Yeah, I mean the points are kind of linked in terms of how financially poor we are, and obviously this what you're about to discuss. And links beautifully with the Anthony Joshua fight. Exactly. Dazon. So what we're hearing is Dazon are going to be bidding. Well, going up against Sky really for the rights for the EFL. So what they want to do is obviously they're a streaming platform. They want to take the rights off of Sky, and as you see, there's like a blanket ban on you know the three o'clock kickoffs on Saturdays. They want to make all the games across the EFL available. And yeah, for for supporters to watch. Yeah, every yeah, Sunday, I mean, every Sunday, you'll be I able should, to see. Go on. I should say as well. Like, I mean, some people won't even know what the zone is, it's in true. terms of you know we saw on the run up to the Joshua fight, there was quite a few implications around that or thoughts people had in terms of oh how can we watch it, yeah. especially the older generation who aren't up to date with streaming and all that stuff. I no, mean, they it just is getting watch stuff on the telly, didn't they? Yeah, more accessible, but. I'm I'm really happy about the news, to be fair. Well, this is what I, I was going to ask you. So, if we just come back to the deal. So, yeah. like I said, it's going to make all your football, t- you know, all the Blues games basically going to be available, home and away, mm. for you to view. Same with all the other Championship games, and I think it goes down to League One and League Two as well. There's also financial, financials around this, but I think you can look at them in two ways. So, apparently, the the deal that the zone are going to go to the EFL with is worth around £200 million. What Sky offer at the minute is £119 million. So a big, big jump. Big jump between them. Now, that split of that £200 million goes... Well, it's split between the the leagues. The Championship, um, League One and League Two. Now, we know or what it will look like is the banding. So 80% of that 200 mil will go to championship teams. It's split equally between the championship teams. So of that 200 mil, it's looking like Blues every year could see two and a half million pound from that deal Mm. additional, which sounds great, right? But then I have to ask, will that affect the gates? Yeah. I mean, when when Blues are doing rubbish... And it's the middle of December. And it's pissing it down with rain. And you know the game is on TV. You cannot tell me. No, of course. That there's not a thought in your head. Mate, I mean, to be fair, even it, as it's coming into spring and all sorts, and we're playing rubbish, especially when we've been on, you know, the end of a five loss streak yeah. and all that, there's been plenty of times where even we can't be asked to go to the games but obviously because of our platform passion. and because of the passion Keeps and because of going, all that stuff you have to go then we you? have but to go but if we're thinking it yeah exactly how and mate, we've seen we've it. seen we've seen games where obviously the attendance drops off massively massive um yeah it's not the best is it you know wow. even even if you're just around the corner it's it's a lot of effort to see shit football basically to put it nicely yeah. and um yeah i mean there are a lot of benefits with it being on tv in terms of convenience for the fans but there is that implication on the club itself which is well that 2.5 million will that cover exactly will that make up for, yeah you know a lot of people online i've seen you know people don't even don't even think it will affect gate numbers but i can't help but think it will i yeah, think it'll I have mean, a massive detriment 100 on, on figures you know yeah. i think 
I think even I think our away support is huge. I think we'll always sell out going away from home. But you know, I don't know. Will will tickets sell out as quick as they will? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean? think I think our away fans and that, season ticket holders that will stay. Yeah, but but the what about yeah exactly? And there are there are a business. lot of casual casual fans in terms of that you know come to games here and there yeah. or when there's you let's say kids for a quid or whatever it is. There are a lot of fans that fill up that stadium, Absolutely, and yeah. for sure, I mean, if it was accessible and it is on the zone and all that stuff, I think I think people would would be more inclined to stay at home and take the convenience. And would it mean, you know, like you said, the season ticket holders? Obviously, even even you can look at all kind of supporters. There's different bandings, mm. really. Even season ticket holder, there's the season ticket holder oh, no, who, who literally goes game. every game. Yeah. There's the season ticket holder every year without fail is renewing their season yeah. ticket. They've held it for 20, 30, 40 plus years. And then you've also got the season ticket holder who, you know, isn't that bothered. And if it does go on to design, well, okay, what? So I can get £20 or however much a month design is, £9 a month, and I can watch all the Blues games yeah. from home. Yeah. And I don't have to spend £400 a year on a season ticket. Well, I'll go with that. Mm. So even then, I think £2.5 over a year does that cover all the losses that we'll see in Gates? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's just something to yeah. be wary of, isn't it? Yeah. I think on the outside, people might think, "Oh, that sounds good," but yeah, I mean, the only thing that counters that really, that the the comeback is how accessible the zone is, because it's not exactly like Netflix in terms of you know, let's say your smart TV comes with it and stuff. I mean, the zone is more popular in terms of that. It's definitely getting more on people's radar, but it's not as easily accessible let's say for the older generation so there is that but i think this without a doubt is a huge deal if they get it done yeah. for design as a platform i mean it will grow them massively i feel especially i mean for league one and league two that's huge as well so i do think it will grow the platform massively and it will become way more in your face way more um noticeable and more what's called of a household name so I think in the long term, it's definitely going to have an impact on, on Gates for loads of championship teams. I think I think for supporters, for us, it going to the zone is a massive, a massive positive. Yeah. Because you can go to the games. Especially for away games. And it's huge. the games that you miss, you yeah. can't get to. Exactly. Away games, you're not going to miss them now. You'll be able to watch them. And, you know, we... we we subscribe to design, you know, being able to watch games on demand when you want. If you've missed it, you can't watch it live. You can go back and yeah. watch it. And that's huge. And I don't think there's any downfall for the supporter. The downfall comes will be, yeah, the club losing money and what that means. And if you've already got stingy owners like what we've got, you know, what kind of impact will that have? Mm. And then that downstream has an impact on supporters because we have to watch shit football. Yeah. And watch the club fall to bits. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a weird one, but I have to say I'm probably all in for that. Yeah, and I mean ultimately it's gonna go that <laughs> way anyway. I've said the club <laughs> know, fall yeah. apart. I'm all in. I'm all in. Ultimately, it's gonna go that way anyway. As you look more towards the future, I mean, look at Amazon Prime with the Premier League. I feel like, you know, give it ten years. I know everything. I feel like everything's go. gonna be one the in a streaming platform. And two, I think every league will probably be on some sort of streaming streaming platform. Or Sky's going to end up being or, streaming. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, it, so there'll be the live arm of it, but it will all yeah. be streaming. Yeah. 
So I think either way, it's going to happen at some point. But I don't know. I feel positive about it. For me, as a convenience of a fan, forgetting yeah, the financials watch, of the club, I, I love to watch the deal. The Blues, regardless of where yeah. I am, there's no kind of you know it's so flexible now. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, for me, it's perfect. I can go to all the games that I want to go to, and the ones that I miss, you know, you're not missing out. So, yeah, I think, I think it's just the way of the times, like we said. All right, next bit, Mister Deeney. Oh God. Oh, we talk about Troy a fair bit here, don't we? Mm. And recently, it's just for me personally. I can't talk for you, but for me, it's just always head in my hands. Really, I mean, Troy Deeney, the prodigal son. Coming to his boyhood club, we wanted it always to be, you know, as if like the Messiah coming to the Blues to help us. So much added pressure on him, on his back to perform, to do well. And I feel that 100%. But he doesn't help himself, does he? He does not help himself. Not at all. Andy, I think he shot himself in the foot yet again over the last week. What was it? He was on some... I think it was on... I can't remember now exactly um, on what media platform he was on, but I think he was doing another interview and he basically come out and said... It's pretty much slagged off that the club kind of gave him False promises hopes. that they couldn't live up to, said all the facilities were one thing, and then he turned up on the first day and they were... You know, they weren't... Up to up to standard. Up to standard... Now, this comes off the back of, you know, we've already on the podcast, I've definitely been vocal around, you know, what I think about Troy and his media profile, what it means for the clubs, you know, and him saying way too much, you know, just going back to him talking about his, you know, talking about George Hall. And then he had to come out and clear that up, saying, oh, it's out of context, blah, blah, blah. But I listened to that podcast I'll listen to the words he was saying and he's there talking about him talking to Mark Noble or Premier League clubs like West Ham saying if you can get him, get him. He's a great player. Shouldn't be saying that. I won't mm. I won't labour on too much on the point because I've already said it to death on that. And this, why are you on a media platform slagging off your employer? Let's just keep it at that level. Mm. Birmingham City are his employer and you are slagging off your employer. If I was to do that to my employer, I'd have I'd definitely be expected to be called in and probably face some sort of disciplinary without a doubt. So why is Troy Deeney feeling like that's okay? Yeah. To do? Especially especially with the platform he's got. That's exactly my point. It's not like it's gonna be if I go out and say something, mm. I haven't got a big platform. I haven't got a big social media presence. No one'll even hear it. Troy Deeney goes and does it. Obviously, it's going to be heard. So why, again, why does he feel like that's okay to say? Mm. Why Why are people not holding him accountable for it? Yeah, I mean, it's not only just that. It's it's also what a lot of the, or what Troy Deeney as a whole means to a lot of Blues fans as well. Means that yeah. the words he puts out on Twitter hold a lot a value, of yeah. a value. You know, if he's saying that the club basically is in tatters or if he feels a certain way, you know that a lot of fans are going to look at the club 
and take it as as bible basically take it as as the word and 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 feel a certain way you know if i was part of the club i would not be happy about it at all i'd know the implications that it have i'd know what it means in the fan base i'd know the words that are going around the club it's not a good look for sure exactly especially that. as you know the captain of the team or whatever the club captain you know i think he puts himself out there mm. as if he's like you know one of the most senior members i mean he is he's one of the most senior is, members yeah. in the club obviously massively respected by the players massively respected by the fans and yeah i mean for me it just leaves like a sour taste in the mouth i just feel like yeah. why are you doing it also for me more than anything like you know there there have been good times in terms of I was a big when Troy Deeney signed. I was really happy. Yeah, all that stuff. I wanted him to succeed so much, Massive but it. he just hasn't shown himself to be that valuable on the pitch or valuable enough to warrant going or having this loud of a voice. I if mean, he was scoring, if he was banging in thirty goals, honestly, maybe I'm fickle for it, but I'd put up with these things. See, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd, I'd genuinely feel less bothered about him saying these things because I'd feel like, okay, well, he's doing his part to get us up the table and he's doing his part to, you know, get us closer to the Premier League and he's holding the club accountable, even though, yeah, that it is wrong. I guess there is You know, that. flashbacks to, obviously, Ronaldo and Manchester United, you're not ever bigger than the club. That's the thing. But I just feel like you're not only bashing the club and putting us in a shit position in terms of the fan base feeling a certain way towards the team and the club. Yeah. But you're also, you know, not doing enough on the pitch anyway to prove your value or prove you're doing enough to warrant going on these rants or warrant even voicing these opinions. Yeah. I That's mean, my take anyway. I think you make a good point around the visibility because, you know, as supporters, we always want visibility yeah. of what's going in the club. And there is that. There is that for sure. And that's probably a point that I've overlooked. There is that. And it's good, I guess, that you have someone saying it. But this is Troy Deeney. Yeah. You know, after all the things he said already, and for me, the biggest gripe I've had with it is that whole, you know, I'm, I'm sure he, you know, he'd say otherwise, but to me it looks like there's a separation between him and let's say the club. No, it does feel like that, yeah. Even the rest of the players, whether you see it or not. Like there's a certain I'm, ego involved. Exactly. Almost. And I have to say, like, we're probably going to come under some backlash after this, putting this out here. But, you know, like, and it's quite strong words, but, you know, like, yeah, are you, you know, bigger than the club. Mm. You know, when all the players are going to training and stuff, he's on a book tour. Yeah. When all the players are, you know, after a, after a game or whatever, injured, going through all the, the motions, he's on match of the day. He's going and doing podcasts, talking about other players in the changing room, a.k.a. George Hall. He's then slating off, like we've just said, you know, the facilities in the club. You know, and if you think about it, if you're a player and you've, you're happy to sign for Birmingham, you're happy to play at a professional club and you've got the most senior lad coming going, well, you know, compared to what I'm used to, you know, paraphrasing anyway, you know, this is shit. This is crap here. What's that going to do for morale? What's that going to yeah. do for you as well? If you're a lad who's genuinely coming up 
and maybe Birmingham City is the only club that are wanting to sign you. So that's your future. That's your club. And you've got your, you know, the guy you look up to going, yeah, this is shit here. Mm. It's it's not it's not good. Yeah, I mean there are there are points linked to that for sure. One, I definitely think there is an error of that. There has been an error of that throughout where it does feel like he is someone who lives in the ex prem mindset and feels like he's almost doing his childhood club a favour. Yeah. I do I do feel like that. But like you said about the dressing room, that kind of brings me on to this point of we saw Jordan Graham take to Twitter. Yeah. And defend George, um, Troy Deeney. So Jordan Graham tweeted out, Defo out of context, works every day on improving things to make it a better environment. Annoying to see stuff when it can be taken out of context. Obviously, this was because Deeney was getting a bit of backlash from some Blues fans. But uh, but that that's fine. No, oh, that, that is fine. That's fine if Troy Deeney is going out there and working on to yeah. improve things. Yeah. The, 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 the issue is you've gone out and said... You don't need to air your dirty yeah. laundry, basically. Why, why? Why do you need to say this? But this is also a thing I didn't like. So in reply to that tweet, Troy Deeney's quote tweeted it, basically, and said, appreciate this, my bro, as long as the lads know the rest is noise. There's two things to this. One, I don't like how he's addressed addressed the fans, basically, there, and kind of referred to it as noise, referred to it as you know there's there's almost like a distance between the players and the fans there i don't like that i don't i don't even think as a player you really should acknowledge any of the you know so-called noise or any criticism that you get because you've been given the platform you know you're talented players you're in a role that you're going to take backlash you're going to take criticism and that just comes with the territory i don't think it's your place to necessarily take it upon yourself to feel a certain way about it it's just that's that is what it is you know mm. if you play poor whatever happens you just kind of have to take it and get on with it yeah i also don't like the vibe of that of where it's almost you know he has it's good that he's got weight in the dressing room but i don't yeah. like that he's able to go out there and have this much of a voice and you know that the, the team obviously looks up to him and he's basically slating the club, yeah. if that makes sense. Know. You know, I, I just feel like there's no winners, basically. I feel like it just reflects very poorly on the club and it adds to the leverage that he's got as a platform on on the club as a whole. And then it goes back to even in that interview that he did, you know, saying that, yeah, so he's been offered, well, in short, he's been offered another contract at Blues and I think it's got some sort of coaching role involved yeah. in there as well. But, you know, he's come out and said, look, I've got other offers, mm. I've got other offers, so it's got to make sense. You know, and now, you know, being frank, I've got media opportunities, so everything needs to make sense. Again, that's great. Do I think you should be saying all of that? No. And when he said the media stuff, that for me, even when he came to Blues has always been a thing where I just think I just think you can see like his mind is obviously he's jug he's 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 spinning two plates mm. and two plates that need each one needs your full attention on. How can you be trying to build a social media presence, have your own podcast, be on T V and all of this and stuff. Trying as well to get as, your boyhood club in the playoffs. Yeah, as well as having a book. Yeah. Writing a book, having a book tour, doing all these events. 
and then you know knuckling down and trying to because no doubt playing for Birmingham City this season must have been bloody tough and a lot of hard work to get them to get us anywhere right it just seems you know and again next season do I want Troy Deeney at the club that's how I feel about mm. it you know like I'm a I have been a big fan and I am a you know I've got nothing against Troy Deeney but I just think he's not, he does not help himself. And I think for him, he needs to come to a point where he decides what he wants. If he wants to completely concentrate on the media, yeah, go for it, mate. All the best. If you're going to stay at Blues, I think you need to focus on Blues. Yeah. And you can't be coming out. Like I said, if I go and talk about my employer, I'm getting the sack or I'm getting the disciplinary mm. as a you, as a everyone who else is listening, who works for someone who's employed. Yeah, I just I think it ends with with um, you know we as fans and I know he's a Blues fan or whatever, but we as fans want players who want to play for us, who want to die for that shirt and have the passion each and every game. And you know, there's no question about it. If you're balancing different plates, if you're balancing media obligations, all these different things, you're trying to grow an external career. There's no way you can have that passion and you can have that drive to get us up the table and to get us in the playoffs. Yeah. Like I said, if you were scoring 30 goals a season, I'd have a different viewpoint, but you're not. You would, but I wouldn't, mate. I'd you're not even scratching 10. But I'd still think it's wrong. I don't think you can come out and say the stuff that, mm. you know, that Troy has said and think, you know, that's okay. You know, you are employed. Yeah. You are playing for a team. It's not like, you, I don't think you can be saying that kind of stuff. But yeah, I welcome all the backlash we're going to get off of that anyway from all the Troy all Deeney the Troy fan clubs. Like I said, I think I'll speak for you as well, Faze. We're not Troy Deeney haters. Nah. It's just a little Man, bit I'd like, love him to on. succeed. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely One of our succeed. own. Blue nose. But yeah, anything to do with the club, no matter who it is, I'm always going to have an opinion and that is my honest, honest opinion on the whole situation. I wish Troy wouldn't say the things that he does. Right, that is all for Blues News. Big old debate there. Please hit us up on our socials and let us know what you think. There's a really important point for us, I think. We'd love to hear your views. Do you think Troy should be here next season? Do you agree with what we said? Or do you think you lads are completely wrong? Let us know. All right, let's get straight into the Blackburn game, man. Yeah. First game back after international break... A game, I think, I th- if I remember rightly, I think I said we'd win 2-1. Hmm. But if we get a result, you'd literally bite in your, you know, I'd be biting oh, your yeah. hand off. Biting your hand off. A couple of the players came out from international duty. Shout out Austin Trusty. Shout out Bakuna. Yeah, yeah. Bakuna James. got a game out against Messi. Oh, no. If Not the best the highlights, performance. Highlights, a 7-0 loss. Also, if you haven't seen the highlights, check them out because I'll tell you what. That makes you realise the criticism that Bakuna <laughs> had just about coming to say, into the team. Bakuna is lackadaisical in his like play style, and he's lazy and stuff. Yeah, watch the watch the highlights watch that. of um, cow and Argentina yeah. because it screams. There's a lot of walking around the pitch. There is a lot of walking around the pitch, head hanging. But then again, you are playing you are the playing magician against, yeah, and exactly. you're down and World Cup winners. Nil. And what was he like? Four, five nil by thirty. He looked like yeah, yeah, so, crazy. Yeah, but yeah, Blackburn, like I said, we knew it was going to be a bloody tough game. Mm. 
And we won. One nil. A one nil win. Obviously, we were buzzing to get back down to St Andrews. Yeah. Good lineup as well going into it. If you want to just read it out, I was pretty pleased when I saw the lineup come up. Um, I thought it was a pretty strong team, really. Yeah, I think it looked like we played a four-two-three-one. Yeah. Ruddy in goal, Colin at right back, Robbo and Long in the middle, Trusty out left. Just in front of the back four, Alfie Chang starting. Uh, Christian Bielik with him, and then you had in front of them George Hall through the middle, Kadra on the left wing, and Chongi on the right, and then Juki up top on his own. I think, yeah, like you said, I was looking forward to seeing Ch- uh, Chang. I've become, every time I see him, more and more of a fan of him. So I was looking forward to seeing that against a physical Blackburn team, how he'd live up to it, how he'd cope. Um, and yeah, other than that, you'd say, yeah, a strong a strong team. Yeah, I was looking forward to Kadra as well. Give him exactly. another run out after uh, the international break, see yeah, a full yeah, night yeah. in him, back at home. Exactly. I mean... What do we say about this then? I think from the first minute, mm. Blackburn were not playing any games. No. They were so on the upper foot, upper hand and really had us on the back foot yeah. massively. The first 10 minutes was all all Blackburn. Yeah, just it. good it passing. Was. Really good passing. Managed to get themselves open a lot. Managed to get the ball down the channels. Put a lot of pressure on the defence. I mean, you just saying that there, the channels. I mean, I have to say, us playing with the back four, yeah. their wingers were literally on the touchline. So, so yeah. wide. And you could see, I didn't think I'd ever say this, but Kadra, if I just we just isolated to the first half. I think the first half has to be really bad, yeah, Kadra. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, he literally, I was saying like, man, Get him off. Yeah. Now, it's the holy month for Ramadan. He's a Muslim. He may well be fasting. Yeah. If he is, absolute respect to yeah. him. His energy levels must be at zero. So maybe that accounts for it. But yeah. defensively, and it like links into what Eustace has said. 100%. And I think it was after the QPR game. You know, praise to Kadra there. But again, his defensive role is, you know, needs work. And that's exactly what we saw. The wing, especially our left wing, and you think if you've yeah, done it was your getting homework, torches. what's the thing? If you've done your homework, right, and you know Austin Trusty, I'd argue to say if you're going to attack a wing, attack the right wing. Colin, I love Colin, but Trusty is a different breed, I think, a defender. So, you know, would you necessarily be targeting that left wing? But they were. Everything pretty much was going down the left wing. Equally, the right was pretty pretty hot with Dolan who's an absolute menace as well but their winger hedges I think it is they were able to find him and again they were finding him because Kadra wasn't dropping back no wasn't defensive I mean even when he was dropping back it was it was poor he's just definitely not a defender but even then it's like a lot of yeah just sticking your foot in with no real passion Basically. But that's it. And then Trusty can't go wide enough because then he then leaves his man. And then what they can do and what they were doing, Trusty will have to, you know, was having to wade out a little bit wider. And they just cut the ball back in to the player who's then free and able to accept. And then they're on the attack. Yeah. And that's what they were doing. 
Yeah, I mean that they got the ball so deep so many times, obviously in behind Kadri, yeah. and like you said, because Trusty had to basically. And then he has to come out. Exactly. Bielik has to slot in. But for you've them. already given that Trusty. player so much yeah. time on the ball Mate, in a the, dangerous the, area. The ball moves quicker than the time taken for yeah. Bielik to drop in and for Trusty to then get on his yeah. jog and try and meet the player out there all the while Kadra's jogging back. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there may be external factors. His energy levels mm. being low, maybe he's fasting, fair enough. But, you know, that was so visible. It was. And again, like you mentioned, it was it was very interesting to see it so obvious firsthand when you're obviously in the stadium yeah. after Eustace's comment on it. Yeah. Because... You know, after good performances from Kadra, it's very easy to skim over that. But yesterday, it was very evident in the first half, particularly, yeah. that they were able to attack it constantly. Constantly, yeah. And they were so relaxed on the ball. Yeah. I think that's something I have to say for the whole game, for the full 90 minutes. They were doing what I've always wanted Blues to do. You know, even when we were pressing hard and they are literally in their own box, there was never a moment, I have to say, that Blackburn looked like they panicked. They no. were able to literally, even their defenders able to pick the ball up and literally play it round us and play it out of danger. If it's blues, it's just hoofing out. Now that was something for me, like as a, you know, looking at the game subjectively, was was really good to see. And if I'm a Blackburn fan, I'm thinking that's such a massive strength of that team to be able to do that. Hmm. You know, not a lot of not a lot of championship teams would do that. You know, a lot of players would struggle. You know, and just panic, especially defenders. You don't see that very very often. So I think massive props to Blackburn to be able to even do that. Um, what else? First off, I mean, first off, I mean, we said it in our match review on YouTube. On YouTube. Um, but having said that, there were some downsides to the half. You know, I would say that Blackburn were the better of the team on the ball. Yeah. But we did have our chances. We had a couple of good chances. I we mean, had a great little run from George Hall. That was on the 10 minute mark. Yeah. Really. yeah. Great little run from George Hall. Pass it off to Chongi. Passes it off again. And a, well, I think it was a pass across and that's a defender. Um, I think he, it was a defender. Did, yeah, it went George Hall to Chong, I think to Duke. Yeah. And then it looked like it cannoned off the defender yeah, and hit the into post. the post. Yeah, a really good chance. Yeah. Saw a couple of a good chances where they had to pull off some good saves. Yeah, Ruddy um, as well, to be fair to him, had yeah. an amazing first Ruddy half. Ruddy had a really good game. A kicking off, kicking off still. Composure I mean, better than some off. games. He had a few where yeah. he did hit some great balls. Yeah. I remember yeah. one, he kicked it and went straight to Kadra, really, for him to run on. I know, yeah, but Kadra didn't get there. But <laughs> overall... You know, not the worst half because we were still in the game. I'd just say that Blackburn, if you had to give it, were edging it on the ball. Yeah. Um, but like I said, Ruddy had a great half, so I didn't exactly feel like, you know, we should be a goal behind or a goal or two behind, which was which was positive. And then going into the second half, I wanted more. Yeah. And I expected more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, shall I take it away? Or? Go for it, mate. But yeah, I mean, the second half, so the second half started and, you know, kind of the same, really. I mean, it's hard to say that much changed in terms of their composure on the ball and stuff no, like that. They, but they were consistent, weren't they? One thing I will say is there was a spell, particularly around the goal uh, that we scored, where we were putting some pressure on and did manage to get some good play going and did manage to get a couple corners. Which that obviously was a, that was the thing, wasn't it? We couldn't on. really knit many things together. I think overall, 
we had the better chances of the two yeah. teams. But there's no doubt Blackburn had more chances. Yeah, yeah. But we definitely had the better of the chances. Yeah. And and a lot, to be fair, a lot of the chances were kind of, you know, out of nowhere, just good passages of play that we managed to sprinkle yeah. in here and there. The corners, though, what I did like is, especially the goal the goal from the corner, Chongi taking them. That goal from the corner, I'm pretty sure, I remember thinking when the ball went in, high and lofted, really, which mm. is good. I mean, we always complain about the balls the going man, into the yeah. first man. And it was like there was kind of a conscious effort to just get it towards the back post. I know, because we are such a tall team. We are, right? yeah. When you think about Robbo's in there, Long's just get it in, in there, the mixer. Duke's in there. Just get Felix it in the mixer. In and, and a lot of physical lads as well. Like, yeah. imagine that in that box. It's a headache for defenders. Yeah. Like, just a tussle in there is a headache. Man, I said to you, didn't I? If you're a winger or you're any player and you see big six foot four Mark Roberts oh, running yeah. towards you and he's going to the deck to slide at you, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm nah, no, no, you're letting the ball go. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> giving it him. Yeah, I mean, so that the ball comes out. This is the goal, obviously. The ball comes out. I liked how Colin sort of passed it off because he did have an opportunity to get yeah. a shot off. It would have been blocked, but he did have an opportunity to get a shot off. And I think a lot of players would have probably just gone for that random shot, passed it off to Kadra. And Kadra doing what he does best, a little long shot, beautiful low-driven shot into That's the corner of the goal. You have to do, it? He Powerful, did. head over the ball and kept it low right into the corner. Yeah. And I mean, when I'm watching it, it felt like time like, mm. stopped, didn't it? I could see him lifting his leg, yeah. powering up. And, and wow. what a shot. What yeah, a shot. Fantastic. I loved as well, you could see that the players I got know, around Kadra. Yeah. They knew he was, he was off it. Exactly. The first and and like I, think, I, said, I think that shows that everyone was probably getting on him. Yeah, I remember seeing knew, in the first yeah. half, I remember seeing Robbo shouting towards him at one point. And Trusty as well was telling yeah. him, you could see like defensively, 100%, he's thinking, come on, man, 100%. come on. I mean, if it's clear to the fans, you know what it's like on a football pitch. Of course, it's clear yeah. as day to them. Yeah, 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 and Kadra would be the first person to know I'm off it today, and man. Because Kadra is a baller, you know yeah. it's like it's you like a more. it's like a red dot around you when it's when you're a baller and you're having a day off. He's the one you're looking at to change the game, exactly. aren't you? Like you are. Exactly. So, yeah, and then he came off not long after, and he that's did, yeah. I mean all of that kind of makes me think like yeah. he's probably fasting. I think so. You know, and like when the players, all of them came around him, yeah. they probably like, yeah, man, he's in bits. Yeah, you know, like he's. I think know, he came off. It came off literally about five minutes after. after I think he came on off earlier, about like sixty fifth, sixty sixth, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to be fair, the game after that, it was kind of just holding them back really I mean there were a couple chances I remember yeah. there was one towards the end which looked like it literally Diaz's header, yeah, so yeah kind of went just past the post which yeah. fortunate for us but you know there wasn't very many moments where I thought oh they've come back in the game and they look like they're literally mounting the pressure and they're going to score any yeah. minute yeah I think it was quite a good composed composed game by us considering you know they're a team that are in the playoffs man yeah and it's a Massive, you know, massive drop of points for them. Really, yeah, they'd have been coming to us yeah. thinking, "Yeah, we're going to win." Yeah, but you know, I think key standouts for me or points I'd wrenching around the players is, I mean, Kadra even with a poor performance still popped up and showed how valuable he is. Yeah. Got the goal to get us the win. Kevin Long just continues to go from strength to strength. I yeah. think that was as good a performance I've seen for him in a blue shirt. I think. Last, yeah, no real mistakes made at all. I think the last game, if I remember right, I was saying he looked good, but again, looked a little bit nervy, you know, like hitting the ball out of play, just like panicking. 
a little bit, you know, when he doesn't need to. Didn't see any of that. I think he looked really assured and made some great challenges and really showed his physicality as well, you know, like put his stamp on the game, to be fair to him. I think Chang. I think Chang, for me, is growing game by game and showing himself as, one, a reliable player, and two, what I love is he his default isn't hit the ball up in the air. His default isn't just hoof it. He likes to bring the ball down and play it simple, do the easy things right. And I think, yeah, I think we've got a genuinely great player on our hands there. Someone that we've tied down on, you know, what, this season to another, I think it's a three-year deal. I think it's massively, massively positive. I'd argue that him, Bakuna, Chong, you know, those are the players that you want to build the team around and going to give you a solid nucleus, you know, moving forward. So I have to say a lot of positives for that game. Mm. Not only obviously being the three points and pretty much I think we're looking safe now, but obviously what it means as well a game that you 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 could have chalked off as a loss really going into for us to have battled away and by any means got the win you know massive prop to the lads yeah i will say as well a quick mention to the john eustace interview after the game he also did say that he was getting on kadra's back at half time yeah he was getting on kadra um and he was happy to obviously see the goal he knew how much that meant to him and all that and uh yeah I mean, that's what made it even sweeter for us. Yeah. <laughs> I think, no, yeah, 100%, mate. I mean, absolutely agree with you. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, on to Reading next. Yeah, well, I just want to say as well, well. huge shout out. If you, if you want any more insight, I think, and if you haven't already checked it out, make sure you head over to the website, www.thetilton2.com, and check out Bamba's Match Day Breakdown. A fantastic yeah. read goes into real in-depth detail of the game. So again, if you're on the go, want to read up about the game, 100% head over to the website, check it out. Links will be on the socials. Shout out to Bamba. All right. Let's get into Reading then. Game on Friday, yep. away from home. Reading doing very poor. Very poor. It's been a tough season for them, isn't it? Yeah. So they're sitting at 18th. Um, I just saw their last six they've lost four drawn the last two there you go mate look at that they're on 46 points we're at 16th on 48 points only two points separating us but yeah we're coming in again look at it man QPR away we won and then just 1-0 against Blackburn so we're coming in hot you'd hope so I know with Blues it means nothing Reading as you said FaZe they're their form, I said it, they've had a tough season, haven't they? But let's just look at their last three games. So yesterday they drew 1-1 away to Bristol. Before that, 1-1 at home against Hull. Before that, they lost 2-1 um, away to Blackburn. So again, they're going to be looking at it, a game. Look, we're in and around them. Like we look at teams that are around us, we think, right, it's bread and butter. We oh, have yeah. to beat these teams. They're going to be looking at us thinking we have this to is gonna get break something the here. This is our win. It's home for them. The Medeski, I hate the Medeski anyway. It's bloody lifeless ground. But Like the rest of Reading. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, it's a game. I mean, if we win this one, again, for me, it's a game we win. It's a game we win. 
And if we can, three point, well, three wins on the trot, can we spring that together? No. And again, for me now, it is just putting a solid end to the season. Oh, 100%. And even Robbo said, you know, they're already having meetings about next season, what next season's going to look like, how to build. So they're all aware, you know, finish strong. Mm. And for me, again, you've got to beat the teams that are down below you or in and around you. Reading, is, it screams that, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the input. We'll just what? pretend there's like a time lag in the uh, <laughs> connection or something, even though we sat next to each other. So what do you reckon a score then, if you had to say? I'm going to say, I mean, you have to say, surely, no matter how questionable it is about Blues with form or whatever, you have to say going into this game, we're going to get a result. So You don't think Andy Carroll's going to come up with a... Yeah, don't even start. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say... Um, Blues win 2-1 alright nice and are you going with scorers then I'm going to say Juki bags himself a goal I'd yeah, love to mate. see Juki get himself a goal soon uh, and the get Chongi a goal mm. get Chongi a goal what were you saying about Chongi and uh... what about him there's quite a few <laughs> things I can say about Chongi I think he needs to step his game and get some more output going well, but you're still a quality player, come on. No, he is Chong still a quality player, especially for us. Chong yeah, will tear you apart. All right, I'm going for a 2-0 win. I'm going to say two strikers are going to score. I'm going to go Juki, and I'm going to say Hogan bags himself a goal. Whether that's Hogan coming on, I think we'll probably line up the same as we did I know, against yeah, I'd like to Blackburn. See that, yeah. But I'd love to see Hogan get a goal because, man, his confidence must be shot. Yeah. With yeah. the penalty miss and... Yeah, we need to get him firing. And Juki a goal just because Juki deserves it with how much he battles. Like, unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm saying we win 2-0. You're saying 2-1. Make sure you tune in. Same time next week, episode 90, and see if we're right. And we can celebrate another win. Huge win. All right. And that wraps us up. Before we go, let's do some more shameless plugs. Make sure you follow us on our socials. Find us on Instagram at the Tilton Two. Yep. Twitter, Facebook at the Tilton Two. YouTube, the Tilton Two. Like, comment, share, subscribe. And our website, www.thetilton2.com. Yep. On the YouTube, make sure you head over, check out our little car match day review uh, against Blackburn. On the website, make sure you check out Bamber's. Uh, Blackburn Rovers breakdown the match report 100% a great read check it out and again finally before they go grab yourself a cap they're exclusively available on the tilton2.com and please get in our DMs let us know what you think let us know what you think about the episodes let us know what you think about our content let us know what you think about our little debate today about Dini and even the zone deal All right, we'll be back same time next week. If you made it this far to the episode, thank you with all our art. Until next time, keep keep right on. on.